Hello and welcome back to the Holtcast and Aston Villa podcast hosted by myself, James Rushton and Daniel Raza. Aston Villa, of course, were promoted back to the Premier League a few weeks ago with that playoff victory over Derby. And now we're in the middle period. Uh, silly season for many. The transfer period has, well, the transfer window or season, as you might want to know it by, as a... It started and it hasn't really uh, ramped up into a fifth gear yet for Villa, Danny. We've still got a number of rumours. Rumors. There's been a few moves out of Villa like we discussed in the last podcast. There's been a few moves into Villa. There's a few players that have come in. Um, what are your thoughts so far um, this early in the transfer window? It's been a bit hectic, as I said. It's not It's not really kicked into fifth gear yet. There's uh, a lot of, uh, obviously, pl- plans that need to fall into place for Villa to make their moves. But it's fairly positive, I'm thinking. Yeah, it's fairly positive, James. Uh, nice to hear from you, man. Uh, great to be back on the podcast again. Uh, yeah, it's fairly positive so far. I think we've we've gotten two of the major targets that we've been um, that we've been hoping for. Obviously, Hotter was the was the first one. Uh, second one, of course, is Anwar Al Ghazi that was confirmed, and I think uh, it's it's a good start. I think both of them sort of signal the right sort of intent. Uh, in terms of signing young players who have set on value and uh, who for sure can improve what's at Villa rather than sort of complete players who uh, you might have to pay 20, 30 million for. Um, speaking of which, there are a couple of players in that bracket who we are being linked to as well. Uh, whether or not they do come to Villa Park, uh, we're not just sort of, we're not just sure of just yet. And I think, I think to be honest, the reason why fans are hoping for it to ramp up or the reason why fans are a little bit up, uh, a little bit upset that it hasn't ramped up just yet is quite frankly uh, i think one number one the reason is because we let so many players go and we obviously need to replace them and we need to make sure that we have a full squad for the start of the season and two and i think most overpoweringly it's because people are bored <laughs> yeah it's a lot of rumors and uh, every single paper website clickbait you know, article websites. It's all, it's all. You know, there's a mess. There's a mess. Any player that comes out, you know, you know. For instance, let's skip ahead. I wanted to talk about the official, official signings. The official, the four official transfers that Aston Villa have made are two ins, the two outs. But I wanted to jump ahead to uh, the old Daniel Sturridge, or Charlie Austin, Andy Carroll stuff to bring in the podcast because these players. Uh, I mean, Sturridge come out of contract. Andy Carroll's out of contract. Austin's available. These uh, veterans who have some oftentimes been hit and miss, uh, despite their obvious qualities, have been linked straight away with Aston Villa, and uh, that's not the only player we've been linked to. Those aren't the only players we've been linked with. We've been linked with a lot more. We're getting linked to everyone because Aston Villa—they're mm. here to stay. They've got money to spend, and uh, it appears that anyone who is, uh, even if there's a slightest whiff of them being available for a move from their current club, it looks like Aston Villa have been linked to them. Uh, realistic or not, Danny? Well, look. If you're if you're uh, a website or if you're uh, if you're a news company and you you want to uh, you you want to find transfers, you want to find links that you can report about Aston Villa are an absolute dream. And the reason why is because Villa are a big team who quite clearly have money and can make big signings, but also because they're a team that need to make big signings and they're a team that that need to fill their squad. And that's why. Uh, that's why I think we we are getting so many of these links. I think uh, as with anything else in life, as with any other sort of uh, analysis that you might want to make, uh, you can only really uh, judge by by what we can see. Um, and I think what we've seen so far from Dean Smith is that he likes to sign young players that perhaps aren't ready just yet, but also you know uh, players who have demonstrated in the past that they that they are high quality. And I think we're signing very specific players, very specific targets that we know is going to work in that system. So if you can, if you see a link, if you see a transfer story that, um, that, that, that puts somebody like Daniel Sturridge or put somebody like Andy Carroll uh, in uh, a position uh, of being a target for Aston Villa, uh, just try and apply that to that logic. Try and apply that from to, the, to the signings that Dean Smith has made before uh, and ask yourself whether that really fits. Um, and it's not to say that, that, it's, that there's no truth in it if it doesn't fit. Uh, but I, th- I think when it when it comes to judging what where what may or may not be true, I think uh, that's a that's a good sort of um, measure to go by. So, in case you haven't guessed already, this uh, podcast is going to be dominated by transfer news and rumors. I mean, we've got a fair bit of general news to get to eventually, but I think we really want to discuss um, 
the transfers because those are that's the biggest those are the biggest bits of news we've got really and they're uh, they're interesting to talk over so I wanted to bring up the first talking point Daniel Sturridge Charlie Austin Andy Carroll which one do you go for if you had to choose because Villa need a striker I mean I don't, I wouldn't feel too comfortable with making any one of those three the main guy but if you had to pick one to add to your squad rotation option who would you be picking out Sturridge Austin or Carroll uh, see, they've all got they've all got big injury records, haven't they? They've all got problems. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I'll write off Charlie Austin straight away. Um, I, I I don't mind him. Uh, I'm not I'm not taking anything away from him, but I don't think he's going to lead the line. And I I, I also can't see him uh, doing an awful lot of work, uh, sort of defensively or or doing the running around. I think to uh, sort of uh, to the same degree as somebody like like Jonathan Codger. Um, or, or, or Tammy Abraham. Um, I, I also just don't think he's done it consistently in the Premier League for, for the last few seasons. I think you look at perhaps Daniel Sturridge. I mean, Sturridge, Sturridge fits. Sturridge works really well. If it, a fully fit Daniel Sturridge, I think would be would be perfect for our team. Uh, I, I like. I think I think he had that season on loan, didn't he? At, at West Bromwich Albion a couple of seasons ago, he did pretty well then. Uh, oh, and judge him on that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was all right though, wasn't he? You know, he still he still bagged in a few goals. Uh, I he think he's. Score. He didn't score one, mate. I'm sorry. Did he not score one at all? <laughs> he didn't score one. He he, uh, he had a few minutes and uh, got injured. <laughs> all right, mate. This is um, this is a case of Mandela effect kicking in. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely remember him. Remember him doing well. But I this guess is the I'm thing when, to, you, when you said statistics. that. When you said that, I did have. Tra- I've, had, I've got um, Wikipedia and transfer marked open up for each player we'll be discussing, and even though you were wrong. I still have an image in my head of Daniel Sturridge. <laughs> Even though you're wrong, I still have an image in my head of Daniel Sturridge celebrating uh, a goal for West Brom, like very vividly. So I, I do completely get you there. But no, you, are, you aren't right. Very wrong, aren't I? <laughs> but Sturridge, out of Austin, Carroll and Sturridge, I, I would take Sturridge twice. I mean, look, I mean, whether or not he did it for West Brom, he, he's done it. Right, I mean, he's done it for Liverpool. He's had seasons. Yeah, where it doesn't matter in. if you can't do it for West Brom. If you're doing it for Liverpool, then that's even better. But the thing is, is he is he is he over the is he over the road now? I mean, is he is he still is he is he past it now? Like, has he lost that speed? Has he lost that desire to keep on scoring goals? Like, does he does does a player like that sort of come to Aston Villa knowing, right, I'm 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 done now. I'm I'm staying here. I'm not playing Champions League football for Liverpool anymore. That's, I mean, do, do they lack that sort of motivation? I mean, he'll well, be thirty. He'll be thirty years old very soon, and I mean, his time at Liverpool has been pretty good for the most part. Yeah, but you really have to try and look past the injuries, and that's that's the main thing. As he gets older, is his body any more resilient than it was? Um, because I've read quite a brutal article. Um, doctors were looking at him and saying, you know, the worst thing is is the fear of getting injured will make him more likely to get injured. And the type of injuries he's had, hip, knee, uh, hamstrings, they're very Michael Owen type injuries. And that kind of, there's a lot about Daniel Sturridge to like, regardless of his, you know, physical abilities. Um, but if the hamstrings are gone, if the hips are gone, it's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one to sell. But that being said, no transfer fee. It's big wages, but there's no transfer fee. So he'll be cheaper than any Striker Villa boy, really? Yeah, but how long a contract are you are you thinking of? It's giving? not going to be. It's not going to be long. It's going to be two years at max, and that's okay. like the best case scenario because we can't be having four years, five years for twenty eight, twenty nine year olds. So it'll be thirty on the first of September. So pretty much four years for a thirty year old is out of the question. But I think you can crowbar him into Aston Villa's transfer policy because there is a level here where he's being undervalued and he's a good striker. And mm-hmm. he's just, he's, he's, the value is there. Like, if you're looking at people who are undervalued, you're looking at players from certain countries, players from certain leagues, players in certain positions. But you're probably also thinking players with bad histories, whether it be um, discipline histories or medical histories, because you're going to get them cheaper. Yeah, I mean, I guess there there are a lot of those players out there who uh, who have had tough times, and I think uh, when when you look at the free agent market, if if they're if they're available, you've you've just kind of got to look at the risk, haven't you? And I think part of that 
um, is, is going to be sort of, it's going to be a mental thing as well. I think it's part of that yes. is the manager sitting down with the player and, and, and sort of determining from, for himself whether that player has the desire or whether that player um, is still going to be able to kind of put in 100% week in, week out. I think, you know, a lot of that is, that 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 comes down to good man management, I think, at the end of the day, and good judgment. And I think that's why the likes of Pitaka are there to kind of... Um, uh, to, to kind of look at these players and, and and make that sort of judgment for themselves. I mean, I, you know, if you if you look back at the last few games that Sturridge played for Liverpool, do you you know you might you might want to sort of watch the highlights, see how much running he does, how much uh, how much effort is he putting into to, to try and score goals? Is his is his touch still there? Is his head still there? Um, and that's that. By the way, none of these are accusations on Daniel Sturridge. These are just these are just potential things to look out for. Um, I think also we would be showing a lot of disrespect to Andy Carroll uh, by by not keeping him in the conversation as well. I think even though he's been at West Ham and he's he's always kind of been this been the subject of a of, of a joke uh, in in British football because he's because he's had that massive transfer fee and, and not not done it for Liverpool. Uh, I think Carroll like, has always been dangerous. Uh, I think when the silky uh, the silky football from Villa isn't working. We're playing against Manchester City and we're 1-0 down in the 80th minute. Perhaps bringing on somebody like Andy Carroll is 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 the plan B that we need because I don't think Villa have a plan B at the moment. So let's move into reality, mate. Aston Villa made their first signing of the season last week by bringing in Hotter. Hotter, of course, you'll remember if you've been following Aston Villa every single game in the Championship, that first season in the uh, championship with Steve Bruce, when we went to play Brentford, just, I think it was on the last day of the winter transfer window. So we're talking the end of January. Hotter ripped us apart. Um, he didn't really have the same influence uh, at Birmingham City, who we moved to. Um, he didn't really fit into their play style or plans. But Hotter comes, he reunites with uh, Dean Smith, of course, who uh, managed him at Brentford. Hotter comes to Aston Villa for a fee of £2 million, um, considering that he's Birmingham City's record signing, considering his abilities, um, he's perhaps under valuation there. That's a steal at £2 million. Plus, of course, Gary Gardner, who we've, who we've sent off to him. But £2 million is uh, absolutely nothing here. It's interesting, isn't it? Because he's always sort of been considered, I think, you know, ever since he moved to Brentford, one of the bright sparks of the championship who's, you know, perhaps too good for this league. Uh, then he almost went under the radar, didn't he? When he when he went to Birmingham, uh, it was a big signing. I think it. I think it came up to about six million, million. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, and honestly, I was impressed with him when he was at Brentford. And I think Villa fans are because of because, as you say, that memory of him of him ripping us apart. Um, but at, but at Blues, I, I don't know whether it's to do with. Look, I think I think with Birmingham City, this isn't me ripping into Birmingham City. I, I don't I don't do this for you know I don't do this for a laugh just because ha rivals bants. Um, I do, but I do yeah, I, I know you do. I got I got to provide some balance, James. I got to provide you know that 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 yin to your yang, right? Um, whichever way around that is. Uh, but I think like the the culture, the inherent culture at Birmingham City hasn't been amazing, has it? Um, for for the last couple of seasons, and for a player like that to come in and and be expected to to do well, uh, sort of trying to drag a team that perhaps aren't playing the same sort of silky football that Brentford are, not playing in a, in a particular system, um, just kind of taking each season as it comes, taking each year as it comes. Um, you can't expect a player like that to do well. Uh, you could probably compare him to the likes of the of the Veritus and the and the um, Jordan Amavis that we've had at Villa. A lot of talent. Um, it's never really going to get cultivated there. Uh, I, I can definitely see him doing well for us. I, I think I was, I was, I don't know why people were questioning the link as soon as it happened, but I was excited. I, I, I thought, yes. yeah, this is a very, very good backup winger. Very good backup winger. I mean, it's an incredible signing on itself, but more so because of the the deal. Again, two million pounds swapping Gary Gardner, who just had a, a wage increase due to promotion. Uh, he's probably not going to see the pitch for the football club next season. Swapping him for a player who's going to be by default your second choice right winger is uh is pretty good. And at that, remember, second choice there isn't an insult. He comes in as a probably at least 50% upgrade on Albert Adoma who left um, after his contract expired. So 
all in all, really, really happy with that. And I can't wait to see see how he does again, as I said, depth winger, but also a player who will rotate with Jack Grealish. Um, if Jack Grealish needs to be subbed off, if he needs to be rested, Hotter can step in to that role, no problem. I mean, people people can look at, you know, last season and think, oh, he's only scored three goals. I mean, he made nine assists, I think it was. Um, yeah, and that's in a team that aren't actually suited to how he wants to play. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I think, you know, even in that 2016-2017 season, he... Um, I mean, he went under the radar, you know, the the season after that. Um, but, you know, that 2016-2017 season, like, I think it was 12 goals and 21 appearances, which is which is insane. It's good. You know? It's fine for me. Um, um, I'm happy. Now, I, I was going to ask you if you were happy with it, but I'm I'm happy, so I don't really care. care. <laughs> um, I don't care how what anyone thinks about that. So like, I'm, that's, that's face value brilliance. He's a very handsome boy as well. Okay, so shall we talk about this? I don't know, like, uh, yeah, we should. I think he's a very good-looking guy. But I was more so when uh, I uh, baited you on uh, on WhatsApp. <laughs> of course, I, said, I wished you, you know, Eden Mubarak, mm-hmm. and you were like, thank you. And I said, I'm busting for your family. It's, uh, it's brilliant news, and you like, what's what's brilliant news? And of course, I sent you a picture of Hossa. Uh, he, does, he does look like your brother, yeah, yeah, my my, my like, fitter in shape, brother. Like he's got, he needs that rasa fade though. <laughs> I, I like I like his hair in that length, man. I think he should keep it that way. Personally, I really think if you were to grow your hair, your hair's pretty long anyway. Yeah, but if you were to lose a fade, let it grow all over. Trim probably trim the beard a bit, but uh, you would, I reckon, you'd stand straight in for him. If if anyone is is looking for um, sort of Aston Villa player lookalikes, I'll happily take a pay day um, to <laughs> sort of come in and pretend to be hotter for the day. I can't speak Spanish. Uh, I'm right footed, so I haven't got the silky cross on me, but uh, I, I mildly resemble a uh, hotter, um, perhaps post retirement. <laughs> Can just imagine you turning up to Body More Heath with like garlic bread down you or something, pretending to be hot and I'm just I can't really get that get that image. <laughs> well after after the summer, just turn up right, boys. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard you I've heard you eating habits pre hot cast too many times. I know that's going all down all down your shirt, mate. I know I know it's all down there. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I have to try and pass as hot, but Dean Smith's gonna be asking you why are you co- why are you covered in crumbs? Well, it's just a preseason diet, isn't it? I'm sure. I'm sure. In fact, this is. I mean, do you reckon? Do you, how many? How much do you reckon footballers like, like gouge before before the summer? Because I think some of them go that way, but others like. Do you remember that season that Gabby Ekbonlahor turned up to preseason like ridiculously bulked and heavy? I think. It so was, this is the season that ruined him, right? It wasn't because he got fat, though, was it? It was because he bulked up and and got. He got too swole. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, got too swole, and he just. Went the other way. I don't think he could. His poor little calves and his shins could carry him anymore. It's like that fast. His FIFA like pace dropped from like ninety to like eighty odd, something like that. You can absolutely tell that there's no football to talk about, can't you? This is football, mate. <laughs> Shall we move on? Let's move on. Okay, so Tyrone Mings, of course, is probably the player that Aston Villa fans want to sign. Tyrone Mings, of course, coming to the club in uh, January on a loan deal from Bournemouth, but there's been no real movement to his signing. And now rumours did break yesterday that he probably wasn't signing for the club, but a lot of this was Twitter hearsay. But there's also some kind of rumblings from around the club itself. There's some people who've, you know, come forward with sources and said, you know, it's not as straightforward as it seems to sign Tyrone Mings because we've got to put a lot on, of money on the table for a player the fans love but a player who's got an injury history and the club might be asking too much. So the ball's in Villa's court, but are they going to lay that money out on him? That's fair though, isn't it? You know- I think that's fair. Yeah. I want, I did, I genuinely want us to sign Tyrone Mings. I think Aston Villa want to sign Tyrone Mings, but if Bournemouth start playing silly, you have to step back, don't you? Well, the only people, the only club then who are going to suffer is Bournemouth because, you know, what they've then you got let is someone else play. overpay. Yeah, you let someone else overpay in that situation. As much as I love Tyra Mings, and I really would be utterly upset if we don't sign him. Mm-hmm. If Bournemouth want to be stupid, 
that's someone else's mistake to make. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So you know, you, you you should only ever pay what uh, what you can afford. I think you can only ever pay like what a player is worth as well. I mean, okay, if you're desperate and it's deadline day, right, and we haven't signed a centre back, we turn up to Bournemouth. You go right, fine, we'll pay the the sixteen odd million that you want, right? But you know, up until that point, you look around, you see you see if there's better options. You know, Tyrone Mings isn't the only decent centre back in the whole of the Premier League. I think it's because we're really connected to him, though. Like you feel that relationship, and I know it's obviously not there individually, but between him and the group, the group of being Villa fans, you f- you feel all that connection. I think that's more so why people want to sign him is because they think he's better than he is because he's our mate, essentially, and he's good. Like he's really good, but we're all going to be really hurt if he doesn't sign. That it's just going to end badly. Unless he signs, it's going to end badly. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Um... I think I think if we all want him back. It would kind of hurt if we don't have him. But look on the bright side: we've still got Jack Grealish, and we've signed Anwar Ghazi. The club's trying their hardest, right? We've got a lot of players to sign. We've got a lot, you know. We can't we can't be paying fifteen, twenty million for everybody. It's just not going to work. Um, and like you know, unfortunately, it's just the way it is. We've had to get rid of a lot of players on high wages. So uh, for for us to kind of sit there and think we can sign whoever we want, you know, and pay whatever we want. I'm sorry, but it's just not true. And that's not to say that the club are miserly. It's just, even if it's Tyrone Mings, as much as I want him back, I don't want us to kind of step over the line for him. Do you know what I mean? I think we've, we've, got, to, we've got to hold our ground. Uh, and, I, and we can't be allowed to be bullied by you know the likes of Bournemouth. Don't want to compare the players in terms of their abilities with Villa because Mings wins every day. But there was a time when Mika Richards was brilliant. Not at Villa, of course, but there was a time when he was the next big thing. Mm-hmm. And he was for a while. That didn't really go away until, of course, the injuries caught up with him. But there was a time when people were wanting to overpay massively for Mika Richards. And Aston Villa did. They they did that. They they went all in for Mika Richards and it didn't work. And I'm not really comparing the situations, but you have to think like sometimes as much as you adore the player, as much as they're a good fit, as much as they're brilliant for the club, do you want to make that mistake? Do you want that on your record? Yeah, exactly. Do you want to be dragged around all season? You can't even get him in for pre-season. You have, you're dragged right up to deadline day. Do you want to bother with that? Especially if someone better and cheaper becomes available? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's pointless, isn't it? It's tough. It's tough because I really want Tyron Mings, but the club have to either make that direct approach or not. And it really looks... They're, they're negotiating, of course, and it's just going to take ages... But do you want to do you want to sink that much time into this deal if it's not going to happen? Yeah, yeah, I, I hear that's that. My, I hear that's that. my deal. Yeah. Well, a deal that has happened, mate, as you mentioned, was Amwar Al Ghazi. It was rumored that he joined from Lille, and it was—is it Lille? Lee? Lille. I have never Lille. Okay, yeah. he's joined from Lille after, of course, a successful season-long loan. His goal helped propel us to the Premier League. It was rumored that he joined for eight million pounds, um, but. French press actually come out and said five million pounds or five million euro actually, so it's even less. So if that's true, the second figure, the lower figure, that's brilliant business. <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny, isn't it? Because he's not actually. It's it's almost as though he wasn't really wanted by Lille, which is which is crazy. Uh, I I wonder what it is about Anwar that that they thought was so. Uh, what's the word? Expendable. Does that ever, does that ever cross yeah. your mind? Like I look at Anwar Al Ghazi, and I'm looking at him as a player that Villa are selling for at least. Like the bottom line is 15 million in two seasons. Ooh, I think we don't know that yet, man. Well, even even him just being a Premier League player increases his value. Yeah, true. true like he true. he doesn't have to do anything, and he'll go for nine million. Like he could just sit at Villa for a season and go for nine million next season. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Honest, honest. Um, so Lil dropping him for that cheap is a, it's a head scratcher. Maybe they've seen something, but what have they seen that Dean Smith hasn't seen? And he's been with them, with Amwari, well, more recently than Lil. So it's a real tough one. But Villa benefit there. They get Amwar Al Ghazi, who was you know, world's at his feet, great winger. Um, showed a lot of brilliance last season. Maybe consistency is a question, but I think 
you want to keep as much as a squad together as you can. So you want Tyrone Mings, you want um, Amwar, you want Courtney Horse, of course. You want to keep that squad together. So you want players like Amwar Al-Ghazi, who are really good-natured, really positive to be around, and they're just amazing to watch on the football pitch. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think we want to, we do want to keep that, that that squad together because it worked. Um, you don't want to be suddenly changing everything because at that point, uh, you know, at that at, at that point, if you've got a totally new squad, you've got no idea what the chemistry is going to be like. You have no idea whether they're gonna they're gonna you know uh, gel together very quickly. Don't forget, it took ages for our team to gel under Dean Smith. Didn't it? I mean, it, yeah, it took a long time, to come in. and you you can't yeah. be you can't afford to be getting spanked for the first two or three months in the Premier League. No, that's why, mate. Aston Villa want a new goalkeeper, and this is a uh, a point of contention here because a lot of people say, "Give Jed Steer the chance; he's a hero, and he is." But he's not Jack Butland, mm-hmm. who Aston Villa, and this is uh this is true Aston Villa are chasing an 18 million or so pound deal for Jack Butland, the Stoke City goalkeeper. But I think it said in the Birmingham mouth that Stoke probably holding out for 23 million. But a a keeper like Jack Butland is one you really don't want to think about passing up. He's 26, 27. Um, chance for him to be Villa's goalkeeper for the next six, seven years. Yeah, 23 million pound is cheap. Was if, if that's your plan. Second choice uh, 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 in the England team, is it? Yep, second choice England team. Um, so his rotation option, of course, with Jordan Pickford. Um, Stoke City's player of the year. Handfuls of clean sheets, mate. Bagfuls of clean sheets last season. And performed well against Villa twice. Um, so we've seen him and we've seen enough of him. Um, fantastic goalkeeper in the Premier League, even better in the Championship. Oh, I'm not passing up on him. If he's there, yeah. I mean, uh, like it's not it's not very often you get a goalkeeper available for that kind of um, for that kind of price. Not somebody who's who's that like set up. But you, so do you do you do you genuinely think that we should be bringing in somebody like that? Is there is there no chance that sort of Jed Steer or even Kalinic could turn out to be as good as Butland? You think you? Ah, it's tough. I mean, those are so two Butland. good goalkeepers, right? Like. Butland, we know he's brilliant. Yeah. And you've sure. got two good goalkeepers, but you've got two good goalkeepers who've never played in the Premier League. And look, it doesn't count for much not playing in the Premier League, but they're question marks, basically. They're question marks of if Jed Steer and Kalinic can deal with these high-pressing teams, can deal with the intensity, can avoid getting caught out. And we know Jack Butland is used to that. He's done it. He's dealt with it. He's been at the bottom. He's been hammered with shots. He's done well. These two haven't and they could like they could but i think if jack butland's there you do have to think about the opportunity cost and the opportunity cost is if you miss out on jack butland when he's available for cheaper than he would go for and he goes to your rival he goes to teams down the bottom half of the premier league that villa going to be competing with and this goalkeeper is going to save you points he's going to win you games and stop you losing and he'll the thing with jack butland is that he, he will he will win you games by himself he is that kind of keeper he 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 will pull out magnificent saves. Uh, I don't know an awful lot about his fundamentals. Cause I haven't been watching an awful lot of Stoke City. Um, he's always had a decent defense in front of him, but he's you know he's he's better than that now, isn't he? He's better than being mid table in the Championship. You can't allow a player like that to kind of stay there forever, can you? No, no. no I think credit to Stoke City for keeping him for an extra season. Um, but I really think he belongs in the Premier League. If it's not going to be with Stoke, it needs to be a team that's there right now. If Aston Villa fancy him, they should go for him and they should spend as much money as they think is uh, necessary in 23 million for a long-term goalkeeping option, um, a player a player of international calibre, uh, a player proven in the Premier League, which is probably only really important if you're a goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Anywhere else, you can kind of get a bit experimental. Jack Butland, I'm definitely going for. If that fails... Rumour is Neil Etheridge, who is pretty outstanding himself, to be honest. Yeah, he's a good keeper. But the age. He's a good keeper. We've seen him pull so off I some stuff for Cardiff. Yeah, three or four years older than Butland. Um, he's probably half the price. Um, Butland's got the uh, credentials. Etheridge, of course, a Filipino keeper, international quality, um, but of course at a lower level than uh, anything Jack Butland's experienced. Um, but cheaper. 
the deal's there. Um, he's worked with Dean Smith and more so Neil Cutler, the goalkeeping coach. Oh, um, but yeah, yeah, at Walsall a number of years ago. Etheridge is a proven shot stopper. Again, I've not seen too much of his fundamentals because I don't spend my days watching Premier League football because we've been stuck in purgatory for three, three bloody years, distracting me. But Etheridge, um, Cardiff goalkeeper, highly rated. Um, and I think they'd be willing to part with him again if the, the right fee's made. But uh, you, you're not looking at five, six, seven years of average. You're probably looking at two or three, yeah, really. Yeah, for sure. And Butland's got, the, Butland's got the longevity, so I'd go for him. But I wouldn't be unhappy with average, but it'd meet it. I think that would give Jed Steer more of a chance. Now, is 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 he not as well? Is is Am I right in thinking he's the first ever British East Asian um, player in the Premier League? As well, I remember. I, I remember don't something about it. Well, he's definitely a Philippines international goalkeeper. I don't know whether he's the first, but definitely a prominent East Asian British footballer. But yeah, I think goalkeeping options. Two, I'm happy with there, but it's also thought that we might be pursuing a third option that hasn't yet, not yet been named. So, whoever that is. Um, if those two are in the conversation, the third goalkeeper who we don't know about should be just as good. Scott, so Scott win, win, win. It's a win-win. It, it's not. He's not based in England. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, so one, two, and a mystery third man, and Jed Steer. So you've got four options, and po- possibly Lovre Kalinic. So every reason to be happy with Villa's goalkeeping position and the rumours involved. Put it this way: if we start the season without a new goalkeeper, I, I'm not going to be the most disappointed in the world. But as much as I love Jet Steer, um, I'm not sure he's going to be able to cut it in the Premier League week in, week out, uh, unfortunately. Not not when, you know, uh, the likes of sort of Dwight Gale are, no offence to him, by the way, because we might end up signing him, you never know. Um, when the likes, <laughs> the, when, when, you know, the, the, the Premier League, the Premier League elites are very different to the Championship elites. You know, you're, you're going to have to put in a lot more effort to saving um you know, neatly finished efforts from from Sergio Aguero than you are from, uh, you know, your, your Neil Morpies even in the championship. The Courtney Horse um, Villa actioned their clause with Wolverhampton Wanderers to sign him. Um, discussions with uh, about personal terms, contract fee, uh, length of contract are ongoing, but I'm willing to hang my uh, reputation on this man oh, yeah. and say I think I think that's a done deal. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I can't see us not signing him. I don't think Wolves have any sort of plans for him. Uh, and I don't think there's going to be many other clubs sort of sniffing around him uh, purely because I think, you know, again, he's, he's for any club, he's a risk, isn't he? He's a risk um, because, you know, he's, he's, he's barely played any football until, uh, until the start of the season with us. Whereas we've seen him, we've seen him play. Um, and I think Dean Smith's obviously trusted him and given him game time despite the fact that uh, he wasn't necessarily incredibly match fit to start with. Uh, I can really see us being the only club who are, who are willing to put their necks out and, and, and sign him. That's not a criticism, um, but I'd say it's convenient for us. I'm very, very happy. Well, I would be very, very happy with him being amongst our centre-back ranks. Um, I, I, I like the idea of him sort of coming in and, and being a backup, and I, I, I wouldn't feel... Um, I wouldn't feel like we were in danger if he if he did come in to, to play for us in the Premier League. So I, I I think he's on his way to being a Premier League standard centre-back for sure. So there's two more players I wanted to speak about. I know we had a few more rumours, but I'm going to save them um, for another transfer podcast because we'll no doubt have a bit more information as the uh, the days go Absolutely. by on whether they're, whether they're coming to Villa or not. But there's two players I wanted to speak about. One has left Aston Villa and one has been rumoured to be of uh, Aston Villa's interest. So the player who left, of course, is Ross McCormack. Mm. Um, Aston Villa came to an agreement with the representatives of Ross McCormack to basically pay him off and end his contract at the club. So he's walked away with a lot of money. Um, he, have, he obviously hasn't featured in a number of seasons in the league for Villa. Um, a, mark, a marquee franchise signing when we when we came down, it was a statement of intent. Um, he never got going. A fallout with Steve Bruce meant that he would never, ever get going at Aston Villa. Um, so really sad to see all of that go down. He had a few loan spells, but again, an Aston Villa player, our most important player, our most well-paid player, and we never got to really use him for whatever reason. It's uh, interesting, isn't it? The amount of players that come to Villa and fell into the void over the last few seasons. But- 
is it falling into the void or is it bad management? Is it bad man management? Well, I mean, the the result is that they fall into the void. I mean, yeah. what, whatever the whatever the the reason is, I don't know. Um, is it is it really fair to sit here and think? No, uh, Ross McCormack, Michael Richards. Um, I mean, if you want to go back as like as far as like Joe Cole, Kieran Richardson, whatever, aren't aren't um, you know model professionals? Is that what we're saying, or is it more the case that yeah, like they they just haven't been in success in a successful team they haven't been in around they haven't been around a, a a team with a with a with a strong with a strong culture around them i mean bruce steve bruce fell out with ross mccormack and then just never seemed like he was ever making it back into the team but then in the same way dean smith came to villa he's had a look at ross mccormack and gone nah and also also he went to australia did okay uh, i don't think he dominated the, the the second season he was there um i think i believe he was there for two seasons anyway um yeah, the first season was much better than the second. Mm-hmm. And then he went to Motherwell, and Motherwell, even Motherwell just didn't fancy him and sent him back. Now that's a big drop, that, from being, you know, the top striker in the championship, the alpha male of the championship, which is what Ross McCormack was. Uh, I, I'll put my neck out and say that. Um, to go into Motherwell in, in, in the Scottish Premiership, no offence to that division, but it is a lower standard. And uh, being being told you're not good enough. Really interesting. It's uh, Todd. Todd, um, still feel a bit uncomfortable the way uh, probably Steve Bruce hung him out to dry. But if Dean Smith's come in and said thought he's not going to cut it, not going to disagree there because Dean's uh, and a lot of leeway with us, man. Um, he's done really well, so uh, I trust his judgment. I trust Aston Villa's judgment, and in the end, the right decision's made. And Ross McCormack leaves the club, and uh, a richer man, of course. But yeah, uh, all hoping that he actually gets to play some football, football because he was a cracking, he was a cracking footballer for Fulham in the season before. Um, before he joined us, he was uh, good at Leeds. Um, I didn't. We, have we ever seen him in the Premier League? No, he's never played have. in the Premier League. Wow, that is something, isn't it? That, I mean, the, 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 I mean, if you're trying to connect a Championship striker to the Premier League, if you're thinking of somebody that did do that, I think Jordan Rhodes did for a little bit. I always used to get him and Ross McCormack mixed up, but McCormack, McCormack hasn't, and I don't think he will now. You know, no offense to him again, but. You know, if 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 he's found the, the standard of football too difficult in in Scotland and Australia, I just can't see him, you know, ever cutting it in the Premier League. Uh, yeah, it's Leeds, Cardiff, Motherwell, Rangers. So the highest level, honestly, God, highest level he's ever played uh, for is uh, Rangers and Motherwell in the uh, Scottish Premier Division. That's it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's the highest level. Um, of course. Aston Villa was a different conversation, but he did well at Fulham. Um, couldn't ever get kicking, kicking on uh, at Villa, but it's a shame. It's over. I hope to God he starts playing again because uh, footballing world deserves players who are going to score the type of goals Ross McCormack scores. Uh, but yeah, it never worked out Aston Villa. So uh, let's move on to uh, a more exciting. But he's thing. also that that I think he's the last, the last um, guardian of the overpriced contracts at Villa as well. So I think that's why people celebrated so much when when he got um, released or no, it's not released, is yeah. it? That's not what you'd call it. When when he left, it is. Yeah, it was a kind of release, but uh, no, the exciting news. I guess it's a non-story, really, is that Villa was somehow linked to Maximiliano Gomez, who is a, a Uruguayan international striker who plays for Salta Vigo. Uh, Maxi Gomez, and uh, he's my personal football manager legend, right, Maxi Gomez? But in real life, he's an incredible footballer. Uh, brilliant low centre of gravity drags him towards goal he uh, he's addicted to scoring goals he's addicted to scaring defenders he's a terrifying player to uh, play against as it seems from what I've seen over the league of this season but Maxi Gomez was, has been linked with a number of uh, Premier League clubs West Ham um, for one um, he's also in conversation uh, if you're talking about Manchester United transfer rumours Tottenham Hotspur transfer rumours and somehow Aston Villa were brought into the conversation <laughs> I don't really know the source I think it might have been Villa scout uh, one front who said Maxi Gomez is great um, but everyone's going to be saying Maxi Gomez is great because Maxi Gomez is great um, he's Aston Villa scout he said Maxi Gomez is uh, he's brilliant he's cracking and uh, now he's been linked to signing him um, don't think there's any truth in it but it's extremely exciting to be linked uh with a player like it's him. the kind of links that um you you know you you expect to come with coming into the Premier League. You know, amazing players. Uh, you know, even the likes of I mean, look, Newcastle got linked to Killian Mbappe. That's what happens in the Premier League. 
so you know, it's cr- crazy stuff can happen. You know, we might get linked to Falcao. Uh, might get, might... <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's got unfinished business, mate. With Aston Villa, <laughs> bring him home. <laughs> yeah, Falcao's coming home. <laughs> so I want him. I want him. In the... No, but look, um, I think. Well, Villa's had a Villa's had a bit of a history, hasn't it, of uh, of South American of South American players, not not recently, you know. But we've got we've had Ulysses De La Cruz, we've had Juan Pablo Angel, we've had Norberto Solano, we've had Carlos Sanchez. It's been a while since we've had South American player in there. So um, I'd love to get Uruguayan striker in. I think I think it would be fun. I think it would be interesting. I think it would be nice to bring some sort of supporter base as well from abroad. Uh, so I think you know marketing wise, it'd be. It'd be massive, but yeah, look, it's it's a dream move. I don't think it's one that we're that we're realistically gonna gonna make. Um, as I say, I expect Villa to sort of spread their transfers around uh, numerous different players rather than you know busting out thirty or forty million for 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 a couple of big signings. I can't personally see that happening at the moment. But uh, if everything does get sorted um, within the next month or so, I wouldn't be surprised if we do sort of make one massive signing. One, maybe. Not two, perhaps one. Uh, and if that's Maxi Gomez, I'll be very happy. Uh, he's, he scored something like 13 goals last season, but he's only 22 years old. Uh, and as you say, he's big. You know, he, he troubles defenders. He's, he's a... You know, he's a, he's a, he's a player that's going to that's gonna go on to, to do great things, as you say. Speaking of Radamel Falcao, although... Falcao, sorry. Um, I wanted to go and speak about his nickname for a second. Because I was looking him up when you were speaking about him just to see uh, what he's doing right now. Of course, he's at Monaco Headcase French Club. Is he even French? No, it's based in Monaco. Um, his nickname... Monegesque. Yeah, Monegesque, like uh, Charles Leclerc of a F Formula 1 fan. I should have known that. It was on the tip of my tongue. I wasn't confident in pronouncing <laughs> it. Um, so Falcao, um, his nickname, Daddy, is a uh, king of the Europa League. I thought that was Libor Kozak. So King of the Europa League is like King of the Corner Shop. No, it ain't. Like, I'm not dissing the Europa League. It's like, so? No, of course it is. King, well done for being, if you were King of like the Champions League, that's like, all right. But if you're King of the Europa League, it's like, oh, come I think, on. I think the Europa League's got, had much more, um, I think it's. I think. I think it's. I. I, th- I don't know what it is about it, but it seems to to be worth a lot more now. It's no cup winners cup. No, it's not. It's not a cup winners cup, is it anymore? It is no intertoto cup. It's not intertoto. And it is no UEFA cup, mate. It's the Europa League. It's his own thing, and that's for the assholes who lose in the Champions League to win. <laughs> it is true, though, isn't it? And uh, Radamel Falcao. King of the Europa League, uh, not being linked with a move to Aston Villa. So I wanted to get onto two final bits of news today. And one is actually really exciting. And it is that Villa CEO, Christian Perslow, confirmed that we'd passed the EFL's profit and sustainability uh, regulations, whatever they are. Um, Commonly, well, colloquially known as FFP, Financial Fair Play, it's been shoehorned into. uh, Christian Perslow yesterday confirmed to a number of members of uh, Villa's fan consultation group. Um, And it did go on Twitter. So I think someone from the Villa Trust might put it on Twitter that we we were within the regulations. So no punishment will be happening. Which is, of course, a uh, very simple and easy easy to understand system that we all all totally, uh, you know, are totally familiar with. (laughs) <laughs> no there is no one I know that is very confident at all with FFP and even the really smart people who know a lot about FFP aren't confident that they know where Villa fall within it but uh, Villa CEO said we passed and I think there's pressure on the EFL to release some kind of statement saying that Villa have passed uh, but let's take it as it is and the bloke in the know has said that Villa have passed so we'll wait for any further news but I'm, I'm taking that it is what it is taking that happily and marching on let's just hope that we it's don't have to deal with the um, EFL for the next few seasons not because they're not a pleasant bunch but because I would prefer us to stay in the Premiership they can keep their league to themselves man yeah that's all I'll say they can keep their badly run league to themselves uh, so, final bit of news, Aston Villa ladies. Well, Aston Villa are looking for a head of football for women's footballing operations. So, of course, um, big news in that Aston Villa are actually taking women's football seriously. They're investing in it at the top level. Good. Hopefully, um, the players see some of that finance. And uh, Please just give them lots of kit because mm-hmm. I've seen a few of them actually asking for like, the body warmers that the men's players have. And I feel that's sad. That is just 
I don't like they that. They need to respect you have to ask. Look, whilst whilst the culture of the club is improving and we're trying to get a feel good um we're trying to get a feel good factor around the club, you need to need to invest in the women as well. You know, it's uh, it's I think it's backwards now if you're a football club, you know, with the amount of money that we have. Um I think it's backwards, you know, not to be not to be considering you know, pushing the women's team as much as um, the, the men's team. You know, every every single season, I hope uh, I hope that Villa look at uh, the way they can improve. Uh, and that's not that's not by saying let's you know sign all the best women's players in the world and you know disrespect the dis- disrespect the women who are already you know putting in um, lots of effort at Villa Park. But you know, uh, invest in invest in the training centres. You know, invest in kits, as you say. Um, market market the tickets more. Do you know what I mean? Uh, try and try and get more support down there. We're having a wonderful tournament right now. Uh, I've actually got France versus Norway on in the background as we speak um, in the Women's World Cup, and it, you know it's a great sort of great sort of advert for the advert for the game. And I, you know I, I really would like it to would like it to be a point um, in four years' time where we can switch on the Women's World Cup and sort of uh, see some of the see some of the Villa players there. Yeah, I mean the Women's World Cup is uh, brilliant. I think it's been excellent to watch. It's excellent to take on. Um, but there are the criticisms of the quality of it, and I just don't get them because I think we've been I've myself watched at least two hundred and seventy minutes of Villa being battered by Cardiff and Ipswich with nothing it's, going it's on. It's just sexism. So I don't care. It's just sexism. It's just it's just people who have switched on the Women's World Cup or have heard about the Women's World Cup and immediately in their own head they've gone women's football shit. Um, I'm going to show it you know, disrespect, you know, which is, which is ridiculous. Right. And I think it, it's basically, basically James, it comes down to toxic masculinity and it comes down to, to being insecure with your masculinity. That's what it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know any other way to put it. I mean, I've, I've watched, I've watched games at the women's world cup. I mean, when you, when you watch the likes of France, when you watch the likes of USA, right. It's, you know, it's an insane quality of football. It's a, it's a great quality of football. And the yeah. quality of football's never really mattered, though, has it? That's the thing. It's never like you haven't went to Villa Park and went, oh, the quality of football here is bad. You're like, you're looking at the team exactly. playing, you're like, oh, it's, things aren't clicking, or Steve Bruce is lumping it. You're never like, oh, everything is crap. Enjoy the game for and what useless. It is. Yeah, that's my, that's my, not my beef. It's never been a question about quality. It's been about how the, how well the application of it is, but never about the quality and whether, the general ability or understanding of the game is there, uh, which is, uh, of course, an unfortunate byproduct of everyone being given a voice now. People, you know, people, people will, you know, um, will, will patronize, uh, you know, patronize the women's game because of physical, because of physical attributes and that kind of thing. Yet sit here and, you know, uh, you know, basically like sop over, over flipping Iniesta all day and night, who was about five foot four. <laughs> do, do you know what I, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, you're you're bang on. It's it's no different. It's the same. It's the same bloody game, James. <laughs> that's, that's that's you know that, that's what it comes down to. It's the same damn game. It's the same damn game. You're watching football, and these are the these are the best women in the world at it. So. Yeah, that's my take. Sorry, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to have to get into a rant about it on the on the podcast. But like, I've just seen so many muppets on Twitter. Um, I think going back to where we were, you know, the, the we, we've had a we've had a very good season, you know, in terms of the Villa ladies, very good season. Um, yeah, it started off with so much negativity as well because uh, when they got uh, beat twelve thirteen nil by Manchester United, a team of well paid, mm-hmm. well drilled, well coached footballers who are full time against Villa's part timers who have to actually ask for body warmers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Twitter. Uh, it doesn't sit well with me at all, and I'm glad Villa are taking some kind of responsibility. Let's hope these players um, get what they deserve, really, and get some time and money shown to them, and some care. And look, I'm sure as well the club are doing are, are doing a lot for it because I think uh, probably before sort of the current owners, um, I think that improvement seemed to be a lot slower, didn't it? We didn't really hear too much about the Villa ladies. Never even you know, never saw the tweets about them. Never never saw any social media. And now we're we're seeing a lot, you know. We're we're, see, we're seeing a lot of improvement. I mean, we, even even I think signaling intent was was signing of Nadine Hansen as well uh, last season. I mean that 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 was a big signal of intent for me. I don't know about, I don't know about you, of course. Um, you know, uh, Dutch international. Yeah, we'll end it there on a positive note. Uh, give women's football the support it deserves, and have fun with football. It's not just a big deal. Have fun if you're not having fun. You can log off. You can walk away. 
big rule in life, Daddy. If you're not liking it, walk away. And that's why I've said that at the end of the podcast. I'm not giving anyone any instruction to leave before they've listened to 50 <laughs> minutes of me and you. Um, we'll be back very soon. Of course, there's always transfer stuff to talk about. We've been consulting with the idea of doing something daily. I think that's pie in the sky, Danny. It's good. <laughs> but... Why not? Why not? What about by daily? We'll stick to Sundays. If there's important stuff to do, if we've got a, a fair bit to talk about, that's at least 10 minutes to get it out and done and get it on the airwaves. We'll handle it. We'll do it. We'll do We'll do lots of like intermittent ones, transfer updates, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so, man. Yeah, I think that's a good shout. Um, I also don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to leave before quickly mentioning one other thing. Don't want it. Right. If somebody on Twitter, right, doesn't have a doesn't have a, a a real Facebook. I mean, doesn't have a real profile picture, or um, has a new account, or only tweets about transfers, and they say they suggest that they know something that you don't. Right? Don't believe them. Don't start spreading <laughs> spreading their tweets, because the 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 reality is they probably know as much as you and I do, and that is sod all. Uh, I don't understand why people are still falling for it in the nose. I remember, I remember when I was when I was about thirteen, fourteen. I used to, I used to browse the Villa forums, man. Before, before Facebook and Twitter, um, you know, the Villa forums, right? And there'd always be sort of some sort of mysterious character suggesting that they that they had inside information that that um, I don't know. Let me let me name a, a random player from from two thousand and nine. Give me, give me, give me a continental player, James. Carlos Cuellar. That was a few years after, but still. Right. Okay. So somebody like Carlos Cuellar had been spotted at the at Villa Park, right? They probably they probably got that information uh, off a newspaper which reported it the day before or something, and just and just sort of throwing that name in there, or perhaps they just sort of made it up on the spot just for the thrill because for some reason that's fun. I, why do people still believe him, James? <laughs> I don't know. Why are you asking me? Because I, I don't know, man. You you seem to be on Villa Twitter more than I do. I'm I'm I'm, I'm on uh... there. I'm on there. I'm on there. Right. To be honest, I can't understand the phenomenon of transfers because every single signing Villa have made in the last 10 years, for the most part, has been diabolical. <laughs> so why would you get so excited? Just don't sign anyone. Just don't sign anyone. Stick with the lads you've got. No no problem. That's, but people get really excited about transfers and I can't get my head around it. I think maybe it's new. I really want to understand the psychology of it. I just, the excitement, it's, it's a nothing thing. It's you know what I mean? It's it's not like you're signing these massive players. You've got Hotter and Anwar Al-Ghazi, uh, you know, Courtney Horse. Jack Butland's what an exciting one, of course, but it's like the massive, massive waves of excitement that follow everything. Yeah, but the thing is, right, like it, 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 is, it is nice to be linked to a, a player who's potentially going to be, you know, Premier League great. You just never know, right? You know the the like you know being linked to the likes of Alexander Tonev and then watching a YouTube compilation overlaid by Old Town Road or something like that, um, and, and and seeing this amazing you know these amazing put together skills that this player might bring to the club. I get it, I get it, I honestly do, right? But honestly, before getting excited about a transfer, don't just you know don't just believe it because some some lad on Twitter said it. Um, the reality is, some people just enjoy wasting their time. Um, by by making up fake transfer rumors, it's just uh, yeah, just is just is the the way of the way of Twitter, I guess. Um, but yeah, generally just spot fake news, man. Uh, that's that's all I have to say. In 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 all matters, not just football. So be smart online. Follow at seventy five hundred to halt. Follow him at Raz Journo. Follow myself, Jamo Rushton, and we'll be back very soon. Um, Probably actually to do a season review. We need to talk about the season that's just <laughs> happened because we have been kind of ignoring it because we've been stuck in the hype of everything. But we do need to give out our match ball of the season award, which has already been calculated. Um, we've got a few questions to answer, so we'll go through those uh, next time. But yeah, thank you for listening and see you very soon. Goodbye.